Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on February 20th, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to support the ministries of St. Mark's, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Jan Rood with a gospel reading. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from chapter 6. These verses now follow what is often referred to as the Beatitudes, where Jesus blesses people. And now he begins to teach. And it starts in verse 27 by Jesus saying, But I say to you who listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High, for God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Last week began with a special day that celebrates the gift of love. Of course, many commercial enterprises see it as a great opportunity to make money. But Valentine's Day can also be a good occasion to express the love that we have for another person. Sometimes it is a romantic love that has yet to be tested by the realities of life together or by the character character traits and flaws of another person which make us frustrated or even angry when we see them and when they're on display. But on many other occasions, the love expressed does come from a much deeper place, a place that sees the whole person that you are with and still says, I love you for who you are. I like that part of Valentine's Day, but all of the focus on romantic love can also make it a lonely day for people who are at a different place in their relationships. And it can limit our ability to see love in a much 
broader and more inclusive way. There's a part of me that actually prefers the way we observed Valentine's Day as little children in school. Yes, we may have had a serious crush on another classmate, but that person was not the only one who got a Valentine card from us. Instead, with the help of adults in our home, we came to school with cards for every classmate, including the ones who bullied us on the playground or said mean things to us that weren't true or excluded us from their circles of friends or teased us relentlessly for the way we looked or the way we spoke or the way we acted. In all of those cases, it wasn't about romance at all. It was about the command to bring a card for everyone because you are in this together. I don't want to elevate this to a higher level than it deserves, but I have to say that this way of celebrating the gift of love feels at least one step closer to the teaching of Jesus in our gospel story today. In his very first instructions to newly called disciples and to that great crowd about life together in God's new reign of love, Jesus begins by saying, love your enemies. A commercial enterprise would have a hard time making one penny off of that saying because it is not sentimental in any way. Instead, it's really a difficult command to love people in ways that go against what we feel, against what we desire even, so that God's dream of peace and harmony within the human family can be a reality. It is a command to not only acknowledge and include the people who have hurt us, but to do things and say things each day that express God's love for them and God's desire to bless and include them. But what does love of an enemy look like? In the same breath that Jesus gives this command, he begins a description of things that embody this love in everyday life. As St. Luke recalls for us, it includes actually doing good to those who hate you and blessing those who curse you. It includes praying for those who abuse you and in a practical way to stop the cycles of violence that destroy human relationship. It includes a commitment to nonviolence, no matter what the cost. If someone strikes you on the cheek, Jesus says, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. It's all very radical to the extent that many people wonder if human beings are even capable of following commands like these. With all of our flaws, do we really have the capacity to do what Jesus asks, to do good to those who hate us, to bless those who curse us, to pray for those who abuse us, to always meet violence with nonviolence? And if so, if we did have that capacity, wouldn't that make us far too vulnerable? And wouldn't it just be used and abused by selfish and manipulative people to get their way all the time? 
At the same time that I was exchanging Valentine's cards with classmates in grade school, brave people in this country were daring to put this teaching of Jesus to the test. In the growing movement for civil rights and for the end of systemic racism throughout the United States, people were putting it all on the line in ways that we had never seen before. A rising leader named Martin Luther King Jr. said, throw us in jail and we shall still love you. Bomb our homes and threaten our children and we shall still love you. Send your hooded perpetrators of violence into our community at the midnight hour and beat us and leave us half dead and we shall still love you. Several years earlier, Dr. King had kindled the fire of this active engagement, not passivity, but active engagement of love in a sermon that he preached at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama. Focusing on Jesus' command to love our enemies, Dr. King said, when I speak of love, I'm not speaking of some sentimental and weak response. I am speaking of that force which all of the great religions have seen as the supreme unifying principle of life. Continuing down this path, Dr. King observed that no admonition of Jesus has been more difficult to follow than the command to love your enemies. Some people, he said, have sincerely felt that its actual practice is not possible. But I am certain, Dr. King added, that Jesus understood the difficulty inherent in the act of loving one's enemy. He never joined the ranks of those who talk glibly about the easiness of moral life. Jesus realized, Dr. King said, that every genuine expression of love grows out of a consistent and total surrender to God. So when Jesus said, love your enemy, he was not unmindful of its stringent qualities. And finally, Dr. King added, the command of Jesus challenges us with a new urgency. Upheaval after upheaval has reminded us that modern humanity is traveling along a road called hate, a journey that will bring us to destruction. Far from being the pious injunction of a utopian dreamer, Dr. King says, the command of Jesus to love one's enemy is an absolute necessity for our survival. Love, he says, even for enemies, is the key to the solution of the problems of our world. Jesus is not an impractical idealist, he says. Jesus is the practical realist. When I hear that, I also hear a deep voice within me that says, yes. Yes, it is a difficult command, but it comes from a God who understands us, a God who knows exactly what is needed to break the cycles of violence and to mend this broken world. The testimony that Emily Binja shared in her sermon a few weeks ago really brought that home for me. I was so moved by her 
honest naming of what she felt when she heard a woman's hateful denial of her equality and of her identity as God's holy image. And I was so moved also by the way that Emily drew then from the deep well of God's love within herself in that time of hurt as she thought about the woman who said those things. It made me see again how transformational God's love is and how much we all need to draw from that same well within us as we live into the reign of God's justice and peace. If we think it is easy, we have missed the point of Jesus' teaching altogether and our lives will go forward unchanged. If we think it's impossible, then we just need to start somewhere and bravely put this to the test. For some of us, it may mean that we start the practice every day of praying for people who have hurt us. It may mean that we imagine and then do specific things that bring goodness to their lives. It may mean for some of us that we try being less stingy and more generous than we have ever been before, or that we choose to forgive without expecting anything in return. It may mean that we commit ourselves to understanding and acknowledging systems of oppression and even our part within them, and then to learning practical and effective forms of nonviolent resistance and actively engaging in them. In these and really in every brave attempt that we may make to follow Jesus' commands, I have deep trust that God will give us the courage and the power that we need and that we will say, as so many have before us, with God, all things are possible. Thanks be to God. Amen.